For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where I would say every Tuesday night we chop up the latest news, but it's the Wednesday Beat Report, folks. We're trying to link up with a beat writer every week. That's my goal. I got to stick to it. It's going to take some devotion to me to continue to beg and plead and track down people, and tonight we've done it. I guess this will be, CK, is this our second or third time in a row? Uh, I think it's the third because we had one for uh, week one and week two, so this will be the third. Okay. All right, wow. So we're um we're on a winning streak right now. Just like the Carolina Panthers who are 2 and 0, folks. And don't let those power ranking fool uh fool you. We going to smoke these brothers tomorrow night. I believe it. Um we're going to have the post game show. There's a lot to talk about. I'm here tonight with our special guest Josh Klein, the Riot Report, uh the news organization powered by fans this resonates with us we've known zach since the beginning um and just like he knows everybody so i feel like i used to work at this restaurant everybody like i know perry i know perry is like everybody knows perry that's what they say about zach but josh we've hung out before it's been a while man but you are still pounding congratulations uh on your work at the riot report and thank you for joining the c3 panthers podcast uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me. Who? Uh, so third week in a row, I think it would. You guys had Joe on last week. Who else? Who else has done the show? Oh, we had um, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Alexander last. Oh, week. nice. I love Jonathan. Yeah. So we just try to, and then we we try to grab uh, a reporter or someone from the other team, you know, mm-hmm. a blogger or a podcaster, and do a preview. Um, and it's look as it turns out that Panther fans have like our intro says an insatiable thirst to talk about the carolina panthers i tell you bad people tuned into the show last night we thank you for your support people are already in the chat room hanging out and tomorrow night for the post game you guys know it will be lit cody lastney is in my in the house my co-host welcome back i just hung out with you like eight and a half hours ago or something like that 
And it just wasn't we enough, was it? We went long. It, it wasn't enough. We needed more of each other's presence. Uh, me, you, and CK. And you know what? We needed someone who really knows about this Panther football team to come and tell us what it is, man. That's what these Wednesday night shows are for. I'm happy to be here with you, man. You CK guys know more than me, it seems like. I, I feel like uh, every time every time I, I scroll through my Twitter timeline, it seems like C3 is going live with some sort of show. Like, just every, every time, just constantly, <laughs> like, like Monday morning, 10 a.m., it's just like, oh, C3's live. All right, cool, cool. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, we, we, we've made a concerted effort uh, this season to try to, you know, go, like, we, I think Tony could probably, uh, it, we could all kind of agree, like, the the two shows a week was, you know, good, but it wasn't really pushing us over the edge. Um, and, and you know, there was so much still that was that was left to talk about. At the end of shows, I mean, our Tuesday nights would go for five hours because we yeah. just didn't. So, you know, I think we decided to get logical and smart and, and, and spread that out over the week and then add some, you know, interesting pieces. But, yeah, it is it is quite, quite frequent now, and I, I, I'm not hating it. Josh, we've been doing this show since... 23rd we started in 2013 it's been nine years we haven't missed a tuesday night um and we're not the biggest presence like the most subscribed but we have a crazy insane return rate like our community we're building a community that's what we focus on is not the numbers of subscribers but i tell you when you are trying to push the youtube analytics and, and actually we're not even trying that's not our goal our goal is just to get together and act like we're riding to the game and talking about stuff. Uh, the Panther fans to... need more, so we just decided That's to right. give it to them, man. They asked That's right, more. and it's fun, man. It's fun, and we could not make the Tuesday night show any longer. We can't have two, three guests when it's already going. It went three hours last night. The calls go crazy. So anyway, uh, we'll be here tomorrow night, folks. 252-228-5098. You can... Uh, be a part of that broadcast after the game when we smoke these fools. But let's go ahead and jump into this. We brought Josh on to try to figure out. um, Last night I said this is should we be worried that we're looking ahead of the Houston Texans? And I said, I am already looking ahead. I'm telling you, I'm like feeling this team right now. I know, but that's me. I'm not playing the game. What's your sense of the Panthers? We see Joe Brady tweet one and oh, we see uh, the story about Matt Rule, who's messaged, and someone said, congratulations, 2-0 or something. He's like, 1-0. Uh, what's your sense of this team coming off a big-time victory after the Saints game on a short week, first road game? Are they ready? Well, it's interesting that you say that because the you're you're absolutely right. The The Matt Rule mantra has been since he got here is like, we do the same thing every day, every rep. Whether it's pre- whether it's a 10 a.m. practice in August or whether it's December, whether we're playing in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, we want to run that same rep, the exact same. And he feels like if they do everything correctly every single time they do it the same way, then that's how you make a consistent winner. And I mean, he's not wrong. It's also it's a little bit of that kind of you're teaching college kids how to play football at a uh, like like professionals and i'm not sure that you need to teach professionals to do that every day but at the same time if that's that's his that's what he has been saying this whole time so i'll be curious to see if i I agree with you i also think they're going to uh smoke these fools for lack of a better term um i mean the houston texans are just like this this is a team that the carolina panthers absolutely should beat. i thought they were going to beat the saints uh i I thought they were going to beat the jets 
and, and you know, you keep hearing all these like cat out the, the teams they're playing. Oh, it's a rookie quarterback. His first start. Oh, all the coaches are out. COVID doesn't matter. Like why try Why, why does, why do Thank other you. teams and, and sometimes even the national media, they try to mitigate these wins. I mean, I remember 2015, this team was the worst 13 and O team in history. And it's like, what are you guys, what is, what's happening? Like what, why is that? Why is that the constant refrain to just try to bat people down? All they can do, bat teams down. All they can do is play the teams that go up against them on the field. So week one, it was the Jets, and they played bully ball on the Jets. Week two, it was the Saints. Uh, they beat up Jameis and made Jameis Winston do Jameis Winston things. Week three, it's going to be the Texans, and they're going to beat up another rookie quarterback and make Davis Mills do Davis Mills things. I would not be uh, necessarily as – I mean, look, as I'm very confident in this defense right now. It's an exciting defense, one that I haven't um, – no, I don't know if I've ever seen a defense like this. And not that we haven't had good defenses. It's just got its own character is what I'm saying, is that that 2013 defense is really one of my favorite – you know, 60 sacks. That was a great year. But this one is its own thing. We're excited and optimistic about it, but if – Tyrod, or as our guest last night called him, Ty God Taylor, uh, would be playing um, the Houston Texans. I wouldn't just necessarily feel like there is that it wouldn't even be close. But I do feel at this point, like all things are rolling for the Carolina Panthers. And it's time for this offense to click. And it's it's on its way. I don't like the, the talk about, oh, it's like the offense. It's it's ahead of schedule, Cody. Tomorrow night we gotta we go into Houston. We play a defense that has had a lot of turnovers. What are you into on this? Uh, into this game? What are you thinking about? Well, I'm I'm wanting to see more of this defense. Uh, I read a stat today that you know the Panthers are the best third down defense, yet we're only rated 16th in the amount of times that we blitz. So that's a pretty damn good thing to me. That means we're not, uh, you know, we're pretty much getting home with our uh, our front four, uh, which I think is an incredible thing. I want to know, um, you know, basically is our defense going to be able to get after their quarterback effectively? We had kind of differing sources. I had heard from some Texans fans that their pass protection was actually kind of decent for the Texans and that they sort of faltered and running the football. So I'm interested to see um, just how much this Panthers defense really pins their ears back and tries to take advantage of a, of a rookie, a rookie quarterback across the field in Davis mills. Josh, how long uh, is this defense a flash in the pan or are they the real deal? Um, I, the way I think about this defense is I think they're a high variance unit. So they're going to be really good some weeks and they're going to be, they're going to make mistakes. Like they're, they're young. I mean, when you have Dante Jackson and, and JC Horn, no matter how good JC has been through the first two games, he's still a rookie. He's still going to get, he's still going to make mistakes. He's going to go up against uh, a top tier wide receiver um, probably uh, next weekend and, and is really going to face some tests and is going to, uh, you know, he may make some mistakes and the same thing for this, for this, uh, this front four and their the, the pass rush, there are going to be times when they're just not getting after it. And that I think is, is a, is kind of a consequence of youth, but at the same time, like when they're on, 
they're they're on and that when you're and a young defense been like on. this exactly when you're a young defense like this you catch fire you start rolling and it's almost like i, I mean it sounds weird to say but this this short week couldn't have come at a better time for them because yeah. they are they are rolling on defense they're hot and when they're exactly hot. they're hot they're they're ready to go they're ready to get out there and and face these guys and uh we talked to uh, um i talked to um al wallace who was a former defensive lineman um and he was on that uh that 2003 defense where with peppers rucker you know brock buckner jank like the the whole like that you could they could just get after the dogs they were yeah. all dogs dude and and al said on the sidelines they were just like they were just like climbing over each other to get onto the field because when you start when you start rolling down field downhill you feel like you can get after that quarterback all the time and that's how they feel right now that's how brian burns and hassan reddick feel that's how morgan fox feels that's how daquan jones feels that's how all these guys feel they they can get after him get after them and they want to get back out there on the field and do it um i don't want to flip the script here but i would really like to i'm, I'm curious what because i i want to know what you guys opinions on sam darnold is because uh uh, dude, I'm 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 big time into Sam. Hopefully, anti Teddy, if I remember correctly. Oh uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, totally. How, how, how you guys feeling about the Darnold experience? Um, I'll start with this. Is uh, <clears throat> look, is um, I want to congratulate Teddy Bridgewater on his best football he's ever played in two games with Denver. How the best he throw he's the- ever played. They are. He's he's thrown more twenty yard plus passes than he's ever than anybody in the league. That was our issue with him is that it's arm strength. It's um, the ceiling. He had a high floor and a low ceiling. And that was our thing with this is that. um, And so, look, we had to be optimistic. We were kind of. And look, I was jaded about Teddy just because I love Cam so much. So I will admit that is like um, that. I, you know, I had some saltiness from the beginning. But I was rooting for the guy to be successful because I want my team to win and we're a fan podcast and that's what we're cheering for every every damn week. Um, so I wasn't cheering for him to fail, but I felt like early on I could see the what I believe, and I'm just an armchair quarterback, so who, what do I know? Some sort of a certain limitation. Um, so, look, when they sold us Sam Darnold, I had to believe into it. I got to wear the rose-colored glasses and hope that it works. But I say through two weeks, man, I think it's been better than I expected it. You know, is that like it's, it's, it's met the bar, if not exceeded it. And uh, if you take away that one play in this past game, it would be almost perfect for my expectations. And that is, I, and I think this, and Josh, I tell you this, I go back to a story right away when the vaccines came out, right? Like when the vaccine came out and then David Newton asked um, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold, if they're getting the vaccine and they were like, well, we got to talk to our friends and family or something like that. And then, and then he, his follow-up question is, don't you think a good leader would do so? You know, it's something to that effect. And then the next interview with Rule, and I give him credit for this, is he pokes it. He pokes it. And he said this. He said, well, don't you think, uh, what do you think about the leadership and the vaccine issue or something? It was like, and I'm paraphrasing. I, mean, I know I'm getting it wrong. But Matt Rule said, we don't need Sam Darnold to be a leader. We need him to learn how to play quarterback in this system. We have leaders. 
in this team. And I look at what teams do when they draft a guy at number two or one and they ask you on a bad team to be our savior. Resurrect this organization like they did in New York. And I don't think that pressure is on Sam Darnold. I think you can see it. I think the defense is playing good right now. I think that he's starting to trust in his ability more. Um, So I am all in at this moment uh, until I'm not. Cody, what do you think about old Sammy? Yeah, Josh, I can be really quick with my answer. I'm concerned uh, about a few different positions on this football team. Uh, I would even say I have a lot of concern about certain positions on this football team. But I don't feel like quarterback is one of them. I mean, I, I think that when Sam has had a clean pocket to go from or to throw from, he has gone through his progressions well. He's confident in his arm. He's not afraid to push the ball into tight windows. There was a few of those passes to DJ Moore uh, against that Saints game where, I mean, he fit that ball into a spot. And you have to really trust your arm to make those kinds of throws, and you really have to be on rhythm with your receivers. And I feel like Sam has done well and continues to do well. And in fact, I would even say that he has, I mean, it's only been two games, but I think he's built on his performances. I thought he was better uh, against the saints than he was against the Texans. Um, I just think Sam's success is going to live and die by the, by the pass protection. And I'm just, um, I'm worried that this offensive line, specifically the interior could end up being a problem for him and Christian, but CK, Sam what did you think about up. Sam? So mine, uh, there's a couple of things, and I, I, th- this past game, um, there's two plays that I think are going heavily unnoticed. Um, that I think was just, I think that it is going to indicate it's going to be highlight real type things when you see later on. Right now, they're not talking about it because it's Sam Darnold. Um, and I have a couple of gripes, and I'll you know bring up some things here um, from uh, you know national media uh, on the Panthers, but and ask Josh's opinion. But I'll tell you this: the, the two plays that I'm talking about, one, um, the, the most impressive play was Cam Jordan almost getting the strip sack, and Sam Darnold having that hand strength to hold onto the ball. But not only that, not just panic, he's able to look downfield and find Dan Arnold down the field and and, and complete a very big down. Uh, and, and give us a new, uh, you know, move the chains. That was, uh, you know, I felt like a, a big time play. And that's the type of play that I think you see uh, top tier quarterbacks make. But I also saw one that was another Dan Arnold. I think that was Dan Arnold that he had completed that first one. Um, then it was, uh, it was just a timing thing. And it was just so small that it, they did a couple of replays, but it wasn't, nobody wanted to talk about it. He, he recognized the defender's locations. Dan Arnold was making, you know, running from the right side of the field across the left. And, if he threw it in stride with Dan Arnold, it was getting an interception. But he had to throw it behind Dan Arnold, giving Dan, you know, Dan the ability to reach back and catch the ball. But it was in a perfect window to where the defender had no chance, and Dan Arnold was the only one that was going to be possible to catch that. I thought that was an incredible play. I've been super you know, impressed with a lot of those. I, I think the, uh, he passes the eye test. And, and to answer your question, uh, Josh, I think he's absolutely um, – you know. Ha- at least from a ceiling perspective, he's got more to, I guess, potential than Teddy Bridgewater has. You can watch when Teddy Bridgewater even now throws the ball. You you could just you feel like something's missing. Slow motion, dude. Yeah, I mean, once you. But here's my gripe, and I'm going to ask you if you think this way, Josh. 
uh, the, the same way I do. Um, obviously, we've all had our gripes about the power power rankings, how disrespect. Not obviously, we're not saying we should be top five, but when you look at the other two and O teams, they're giving so much respect to the Broncos. They're giving so much like it just feels like we're being disrespected in that front. But you know where we're really being disrespected, or at least Sam Darnold is being disrespected, is the NFL QB rankings. They've got him ranked as 25th, okay, which give him two games, you know, that that's understandable. Don't move him all the way up to top 10, right? But if you're going to do that, you've also got to give Mac Jones the ability to, 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 to be at the bottom of the list. They've got him above Sam Darnold. They've got Joe Burrow above Sam, Sam Darnold. And they've got Jameis Winston above Sam Darnold, right? Carson Wentz, who has been absolute garbage this year. I don't know if you guys have seen it. He has not been a good quarterback. Uh, and it just, it, it's Matt Ryan who has not been a good quarterback. I just feel like they're at, they have Tyrod Taylor at 17, which he was doing a decent job. Don't get me wrong, but there's a reason that he has been a, you know, a, a journeyman. He's never been the franchise guy. He is not going to be, uh, you know, well, a top tier quarterback. I your lung too. Do you feel like Josh, that those power rankings are disrespectful or do you think that it's fair that he is behind some of these guys, even a, a Mac Jones who, who is heavily un un proven in this league as well but they're they're giving him i guess the legacy treatment being that he's on a team coached by bill belichick so much of this uh so much of these like narratives these national especially like power rankings or pro bowl like uh they're they're based on they're based on um the voting of a lot of media members that don't actually watch all the games right so um it would not surprise me that people are like yeah whatever sam darnold he throws lots of picks put him at the bottom of the list Right. Um, especially when I would imagine he started, he started at the bottom in the probably 32, 32 right? Worst. Yep. Yeah. I would. So it's like, especially for, it, it takes a while for them to move up. I can guarantee you if he has a nice game on national TV tomorrow night, he'll be a lot higher on that list. Like that's right. all it takes because the reality is, is they look and they say, okay, Sam Darnold played against the jets. Uh, they look may, okay. He had a pretty good game against the saints. Let's bump him up. You, the guys that you listed, those are all national quarterbacks. Mac Jones plays for the New England Patriots. Yeah. Jameis Winston just beat up Aaron Rodgers 38-3 to in week one. Um, Carson Wentz uh, used to play in Philly, so uh, that one is not a great excuse. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the like some of these guys, like, they're, they are always going to get the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of this, they just kind of, like, they know that if they put Sam Darnold down in the bottom third in they're not going to get a whole lot of complaints. They're going to get Panthers fans that are going to be upset. But if you put Mac Jones at 26 or 28, like you're the whole country is going to get upset. Yeah. So uh, no, you're actually right. Is that there's uh, the media. Is so react the national media is very re reactionary. Right. The, the, um, and the, we saw that with the green Bay stuff is that we came, I came in here talking about, look, I watched that saints game against green Bay and I'm not trying to dog the saints and take anything away from them. But the Green Bay Packers were atrocious in that game on every side of the ball. So it's not like I just walked away going, oh, man, the Saints are going to on the way to the Super Bowl. And turned out, you know, they and yes, they had some obstacles. Cody, go ahead and get in there. Yeah, well, um, I wanted to re really quick uh, highlight some questions that we had in the chat real quick. Uh, Tree Fitty asked, wants to know what's the likelihood that a running back two can contribute on this football team, or are we pretty much just going to be dependent upon Christian McCaffrey and just this rotation of every once in a while bringing in Chuba Hubbard 
or potentially Royce Freeman? Uh, the answer is um, no. Uh, a running back <laughs> cannot contribute. Will not contribute. Uh, can contribute, yes. Will contribute, no. Um, that this team is built. This offense is built around Christian McCaffrey. This entire team is built around Christian McCaffrey. They're going yes. to give him. They're going to keep him on the on the field um, for every single down. I mean, come on. And why wouldn't you? And why well, wouldn't you? Well, here's- I, I have no problem. I have no problem with anything. I have no problem with any of the carries that he got until they were up by 19 points with 234 left, uh, and they ran him okay. in straight into the line for two carries. Why Great is he point. taking those Great carries? Point. That's when Chuba. That's why you drafted Chuba Hubbard. Put uh, put someone else in. I don't even care. Right. Put Royce Freeman in that you signed off the street. There's no reason for Christian McCaffrey, especially after you had to go in and get IVs between the third and the fourth quarter, to be taking those carries when you're up by 19 and the game is over. The Saints took a knee on the next possession, so that's how much that possession meant to them. And you're you're out there running Christian McCaffrey. Those, those are the, are the those are we rid- don't need. That's exactly. a great point. Every I other, like that. Every yeah. That's the one time, I would keep him on the field. Keep him on the field. He needs to be on the field. They need they need him to play. They need him to have a hundred yards on both receiving and rushing in order for them to have a chance. He's the on their offense by leaps and bounds. And I know that DJ Moore is very good. Robbie Anderson is very good. But Chris McCaffrey's on a different level. He's an elite level NFL player, and he should be getting. Nobody's questioning Derrick Henry's amount of touches. Nobody's questioning uh, Alvin Kamara. Nobody's saying protect Alvin Kamara. That was a great point that Al made this morning, by the way. Wow. On on the one-day contract. Yeah, Al was talking about that. He's like, nobody questions that. Uh, Nobody questions these other guys. Derrick Henry just just being the complete workhorse of this entire entire offense. Um, But when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he was injured last year. Um, but I also think that it has uh, a lot to do with the fact that he was the only piece this team had. Like the Saints had other pieces, right? And at least uh, the only superstar that we had. The Saints had other people. The, the you know the the Tennessee Titans had other people. And I think that you know from a from a fan base perspective, I think there was a fear around losing Christian McCaffrey. And now, obviously, we did last year, and that fear came to reality. And now we're doubling down on that. Oh, let's get him Man, out of there. But dang. I do agree with Josh's Alvin point. Kamara was hurt last year. I have a controversial opinion. I don't like to race bait it. But I wonder if it's because he's white. And I, I, not because he's... I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Because there are, we asked the Saints fan this. What was a great guest we had. We said, is anybody talking about Alvin Kamara getting too much? Because they both signed big deals at the same time. Right. They're both basically the same player. And for Cody on this show is that he's been upset with not upset with the Panthers, but he does. He thinks that sinking that much money into the running back position is just futile, period, to a certain degree. And then my position is, is that Christian McCaffrey is not just a running back. He's a transcendental player and it's not like just a regular running back. The Saints have the same a very, very similar situation. And he had the best answer. He said, man, there are Saints fans saying that we don't give them the ball enough. And I just thought, and I don't think, I just wonder why is it that we have to protect Christian McCaffrey so much? But uh, And I just don't hear that sentiment around the league. Is it a Carolina thing? I mean, that's what people wanted to do. Maybe. They, they wanted to take the ball out of Cam's hands too. Don't, oh, don't let him hit. Don't let him get hit. You're right. Oh, oh. And I mean, maybe the, it is. we we maybe we don't we don't we don't get nice things very often. Often, so we 
We wrap. It's right. it's basically the equivalent of you go to your grandmother's house and you can't sit on her her favorite couch. Well, she like, got the plastic on it. She yeah, got the yeah. Got the I'm plastic, an Italian yeah. man. I got an old Italian grandma. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like they got some plastic on it, or you got to put the cover on it. Cody, what else do people in the chat room want to know? Uh, yeah. So we have a <laughs> two part question right here. Uh, when will we see more of Tommy Tremble? Uh, this has been something that we've really a player that we've really been wanting to see involved more in the offense um and then after tommy tremble how much does aj bouye coming back and his play tomorrow how much does that change things if any if anything for the panthers defense and shout out to ross gold for the five dollars um yeah uh i in um shout out ross uh great question my favorite friend um when I think you're going to see AJ. I think you're going to see AJ Bouye play a pretty healthy amount. Um, I mean, he's going to play the nickel. So I don't think it's going to be a question of, I, I, I think there are some people that are like, Oh, he's going to take Jack Dante or JC Horn snaps. That's not going to be the there. If he's out there, he's out there with JC and with Dante Jackson as the nickel last week, they moved JC uh, in against the saints. They had JC Horn as the nickel and they had put Rashawn Melvin on the outside Sean Melvin is oh, a okay. you know a guy that they brought up from the practice squad, um, so they don't want to do that. Obviously, I mean it worked out because the Saints don't have any wide receivers, and and Jameis couldn't uh, couldn't take any didn't have any time. Um, so I think you'll see AJ Bouguet get some playing time. It's just a matter of conditioning. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he got more time in the first half than in the second half, but it's all going to depend on whatever the Texans do, right? If the Texans they they run a um, a bit of a the first week one. I know for a fact they ran a bunch of like three tight end sets, which is weird. Um, and so if they run three tight end sets, you're not going to see AJ Bouye out there. Um, but if they're running three wide receiver sets, you're going to see AJ Bouye out there. Um, and then Tommy Tremble, I mean, Tommy Tremble's playing like 30% of the snaps. Like you just, you're just not hearing his name because he's not getting any targets. So I, I think he's a guy they, they brought in to be a blocker to bring along slowly. We knew he was third on the depth chart coming in. I feel like he's kind of getting, okay playing time for for um for where they for what they draft him to do yeah exactly i'm surprised ian thomas is getting so much run but that that's just that's uh that's that's my own question you're not the only one (laughs) oh man y'all are so hard on ian i'm not Um, even being hard on him i'm just saying you signed dan arnold to be the tight end and you got and you got him out there throwing blocks and ian thomas running all the routes and it's like well it just it's just confusing to me that that's I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm just confused. That's that's Josh, my big thing. Josh, I wanted to ask you this. I, I think you and I have even had a few uh, spirited back and forth on on Twitter about this. But as I alluded to earlier, I, I really believe that the interior of this offensive line is a problem and continues to be a problem. Pat Elfland is on IR now, but he wasn't playing good by any stretch of the imagination before. I think Paradis has even left wanting. Uh, we definitely have, uh, you know, in Matt Rule's words, an I-85 situation on our offensive line. But, you know, and, and maybe I'm just stubborn. Maybe I watched too much Alabama film, Josh, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that too. But I really think Deontay Brown has a tremendous upside to be a very good tackle in this league. And even Brady Christensen. Guard, right? Guard. Yeah, a guard. Pardon me, guard. And even um, Brady Christensen. Um, I, I thought was very impressive uh, in, during the preseason and, and in training camp. So my question to you is this, knowing that the Panthers 
have you know so many issues on the offensive line. Is there any chance at all some of these younger players might be able to work their way into a more consistent rotation? Guys like Deontay Brown, who hasn't dressed the past two weeks, and uh, guys like Brady Christensen, who may potentially even play tackle for the Panthers. Um, yes, uh, I definitely think that these guys can crack the lineup, certainly into the rotation. Um, I, I think coaches, you know, we, we tend to, uh, kill Ron Rivera for this, right? He was always veterans over rookies, right? Always, always, always. Yes. But I think that's not just him. I think he's just, we we just saw it because he was here in Carolina. I think most coaches are going to say, okay, I need, especially in the offensive line, they can't have a guy going out there and screwing up. Like, you can go out there and you can be, you can, I would rather have somebody, I would rather have the devil that I know have a bad guard that I know is going to go out there and be in the right spot and maybe not be as talented. Right. Rather than a guy that I think might be in the right spot, but definitely has a little bit more talent. But if he messes up, maybe he can make up. Like, I I think, especially early in the season, I think a coach is more willing to uh, go with somebody that he already knows. Um, That being said, uh, they really like John Miller. So I, I think John Miller is not, they're not, they're not, like he's going to be the right guard, especially now that he's already had COVID, um, which was going to be the thing that might've kept him out. If he can stay healthy, he's going to start the rest of the season. Um, the, the big, the big, the big question is going to be at left guard for me is whether, cause yeah. I think Dennis Daly was pushing Elfland in, in training camp. I think Brady Christensen can push them on the left side. I think Deontay Brown might be the top backup at some point, but I don't, I don't think Deontay Brown to me, is a guy that they're like hoping gets in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if, if Deontay Brown is starting some games in this season, something has gone wrong. Whereas like Brady, I think could be starting games just over the, the natural course of the season. Right. Okay. I, and, and that's I'm like, I, and here's the other thing. I have gotten this stuff totally wrong before too, in terms of like player development. So like, I like Deontay Brown might be, we can can we curse on this show? Right? Yeah, yes, right? Oh, yes, fuck yes. yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Deontay yeah, Brown might be fucking incredible, but like, <laughs> but but to me, it's like I, I haven't seen it yet. Especially, I haven't seen him at this lower weight too, because he's lost like he's down twenty pounds. They were concerned about yeah. him about him keeping his weight off, which he has done a good job of. But like, I I, I would just I, I'm not sure about it. But I but well, he's been knows? inactive too. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. That's another thing is that. um that kind of tells us a little thing about it. What do you think is, uh, look, you're writing about this stuff all day. You're trying to crack the code of what people want to know and stuff like that. What do you think the top storylines are? What are you interested in going into this game? You know, like if we could just write the story that we want to write, you know, like what do you, what do you enter? What is going on that you think, is important for if you could ask a question or write a headline, what is it? Well, I'd love to see some of the things that have gone wrong for Joe Brady um, get fixed. Like I would love to see the red zone be a little bit more consistent. Um, the third I, quarter. I would love to be the third. Not him. Them coming out of the second half. I mean, this is, this is not just this season either. If something, whatever, two games, it's not a good sample size, but it's over the course of the, the 18 games of Joe Brady's career. They have not been good in the third quarter. They have not been good in the red zone. They've been questionable on fourth down too. Um, so I, I think that, and um, to me, that is that, that, that is something that I 
that that I think is going to cause a problem later on if this team wants to be competing for a playoff spot. I think you know that they. I would like to see improvement in those areas in terms of like. Do you think you will? I hope so. I. I, I, I think I we think will. So. I, I think mean, this team's going to get about better it. from week to week. I truly think this team is not at its best at this moment. Oh, I, I think I, the defense it might be at a, a high point at this, but I think the offense has not been bad. Uh, but it, it can be tighter. Yeah, and I well, think the they off- can get better. Last year, the defense got better from week to week, and like you are saying, I'd like to see that offense get better from week to week. The also um, the offense has not played from behind for even one second of this game of this season so far. They have been they have led for every single for every. I mean, I mean they've they they've the defense has shut out opposing offenses in the first half for both games. So they've gone into halftime with a huge lead. That makes it a lot easier for Sam Darnold. Makes it a lot easier for Joe Brady. So I, I'd be curious to see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen in Houston, but if they do go down ten nothing. You know, uh, fourteen seven. You know what? What? What does that Sam Darnold look like? Does he start to press a little bit? Um, but ultimately, the thing that I'm really that that I'm uh, not concerned about, but I have questions about, is what happens if they do win in impressive fashion? And on Friday morning, everyone is talking about the upstart three and Carolina Panthers, and they have ten days going into Dallas, hearing their names being called with Brian Burns going on Sports Center with uh you know Jeremy Chin's uh vintage jersey like showing it like being the talk of the town on Friday and in, in the national country and last year they won three straight games and they got they they played terrible against the Bears right and they they were not good in that game um Nick Foles ate their ate their lunch and Teddy Bridgewater after the game said uh some of these guys were reading their own press clippings and like that that's what happens sometimes on a young team. And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen on this team. So I'll be curious to see how they avoid that. If that does happen. You make a really interesting point about that too, is that, you you know, especially going into that Cowboys matchup, that's a potent offense. They have a lot of different ways to attack this defense with Amari Cooper and Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. That's, I think that's probably the early, I mean, other than the Saints, you know, crossing them off the list, the Dallas Cowboys, that, that's going to be a pretty big matchup uh, for this Carolina Panthers team. And I think one that potentially uh, has the potential to put us on the map. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater briefly and things that he's said. There's been this rumor that has gone around ever since Teddy Bridgewater did a podcast where he said that the Panthers didn't, um, practice enough red zone drills and they weren't very efficient in the red zone because they didn't practice it a ton. Was there ever any truth to that? And do you think that if there was any truth to it, that Joe Brady has done anything to remedy that situation? Um, also, I thought of one more thing. I'd like for them to make field goals and extra points. Just if another thing that I could add to the add to the sure. list of things I'd maybe like maybe return a punt beyond two yards. Too. Also, don't punt from inside the thirty-five. If you're inside their thirty-five yard line, you go for it or kick the field goal. Um, I, I think that uh, man, I, I like. I would love to tell you, hey, I was out there. They were practicing two minute drill all the time. Um, yeah, I like. We <laughs> the media only is only in there for stretching basically during the season, but. Um, I think that 
I do think that maybe they could have worked on it a little bit more. I think when you see what they did last year, I mean, they they weren't good in the red zone last year. They weren't good at two minute drills last year. So it's like, if they were practicing it all the time, they probably should have been better at it. So do you I, think I can, COVID could have had to do with any of this? Is that sure, like kind of like we we got to limit proximity? We got to limit, you know. And then last year, I do felt like they were like, I, I feel like Matt Rule has been rest players is better than practicing at times. You know, uh, is yeah. that like the analytics of like let's not get you hurt? We saw what happened in Baltimore. I don't know. Is that they had to have practiced it? Oh, I cool. do uh, think yeah. That, the, the, you know, the idea that they're not practicing red zone, they're not practicing two minute drill is ridiculous. They definitely did. It's just a matter of whether he felt like they were getting enough reps. And also, if you're a, if you're a quarterback, aren't you supposed? If you're the leader of the team, aren't you supposed to go to Joe Brady and be like, "Hey man, we're not practicing two minute enough." Like, yeah. Hey man, like we suck in the red zone. Can we do extra drills? Can hey Zilstra, can you stay afterwards and and catch passes for me? Um, like th- those are the kind of things that you should be doing as a leader. Um, and maybe he was, I like, I don't know, but, um, yeah, to me, it's like, I, I think it it's Joe really, Brady's first year on the job too. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like, and, and that rules too. So they're, some, yeah. they're learning how to run NFL, uh, practices themselves, you know? And, and, uh, the other thing is like, it's real easy for Teddy to take a shot going out the door. I mean, Lord knows the Panthers took shots at him on their way, on his way out the door. So it's like, I, if I were him, I would be like, yeah, fuck those guys. Uh, we didn't. We didn't practice the red zone enough. How do you like that? Uh, also, yeah, whatever. Your uh, the bubble sucks. Yeah, you know, like, what, I also didn't practice deep passes either. Yeah. Clearly, because I didn't throw any of them. I had always had an inclination that Teddy Bridgewater was very aware of what was being said about him on. Oh, Twitter. he's got burners, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, I know he, he does. One hundred percent. But hey, before we go uh, any forward. CK, do I already know what time it is? To those in chat, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button, because this is now Subscriber Shame. Subscriber Shame, 96 people watching, 41 thumbs up. All we ask is that you hit the thumbs up, like and subscribe, hit the notification bell for every time we go live. With Panther Beat reporters like Josh Klein himself, man. We're giving you guys good information, good news. Hit the thumbs up for C3 Panther. Nation. That's bullshit. Hit that thumbs up, Tree Fitty. Shane Welch. Yeah, oh, that's what I tell them. Chad tell Jochens. Them, right. What are you doing, Chad is, Jochens? Hit the yeah, thumbs up, Chad. Man. Hit tell the me thumbs this. up. Is, uh, Get it now. Is this the um, Joey Sly revenge game? Uh, Joey Sly comes out after we cut him, and then it's a disaster. I don't know what our kicking thing is, and I don't even really care at this point. But um, we have this. What was his name? Santoso. What was his first name? Ryan Ryan Santoso. Santoso. He was he was here just for a minute. I just learned to love his mustache, and that was it. A cup of coffee. I know Joey Sly was here for years. Uh, Joey Sly then goes to Houston. Bangs out three extra points, three field goals, but then last week misses a 42 or something like that yard field goal that could have maybe brought them in. It wouldn't have really helped that much. Um, what is going on with our kicking game? Less than it's not a I don't really care about the Joey Sly revenge game. I'm not talking about that, but like what is going on with our special teams? Why is it um that we have the number one defense in the league. 
we have a sort of respectable offense, but I think our DVOA I read for, and I don't even really know what that means. It just sounds fancy. <laughs> that we're the last one. And I can tell you this. I just look at football. We don't return punts. The only good player on our special teams is our punter. That dude is badass, and he did. Uh, well, I will not, I will not sit po- here and accept this JJ Jansen uh, shame. Oh, shame! Yeah, I mean, JJ Jansen is the the is old the man. He is. Come on, like hasn't had a bad snap since two thousand eight. All right, you're right. All right, so we got two good players. Now, I mean, I'm not there even saying they're, right. they're nothing is going well on special teams other than the punt game. I feel. Er- like. Hey, Erickson had the heads up play. Like, let's be honest. So I mean, he may not be the play. greatest returner, but it but. turns out to be a muff play is the thing that you're highlighting. Hey, listen, it wasn't CK his fault. He was he was he he had a very like that. You got to imagine the amount of pain that probably goes through your mind in that moment. And he was able to pop onto that ball, not let it fly around like what happened with a lot of people. I think that's worth it, at least admiring for a bit. There was a positive well, there. We had a penalty, Josh, in the last game where we didn't have enough players out there. I mean, not a penalty. We had to call a timeout. I keep saying it. I, th- I felt mm-hmm. it was a penalty. We put ourselves in the penalty box by calling a timeout there. What is going on with the special teams? And not just, oh, like, you can pick it. Like, I mean, it's the whole thing. Why is it not um, better? I. It's a great question. Um, I think, so, I think there are a couple reasons for it. I think the main reason is that special teams is all about depth. Cause it's basically made up of like the last, the last 20 guys on your roster. Everybody thinks about the kicker punter and punt returner, but it's like the guys going down there and covering kicks are like the linebacker are like the linebackers that you don't, you've never heard of. They're Jermaine Carter when he was a rookie They're Um, I don't even, I'm trying to think of guys that are, that are low down this roster that are making, that are, we like, don't even know him. Hats exactly. Like, he's hurt now. It's like clay. Or... It's like clay Johnston, you know, it's like Stan Thomas <laughs> Oliver. Like these are Rashawn, the guys that are right. on yeah. the special team, and and so you know a team like a you know a more established veteran team, there those guys are are better at special teams. And on this team, this team is young, and they're trying to get better, and they're trying to establish depth. And maybe they're taking shots on guys at their thirty fifth guy on the roster that they want to get better. Um, but that being said, um, it's just got to get better. And I think it comes down to Chase Blackburn. I, I'm. I, I don't think they loan holdout from a previous era. It was incredible to me that Chase got brought back after they yep. gave up two punt returns in the same game in week 16 of that last Ron Rivera season, Perry, the Perry fuel season. Um, and now he's, he's still here and, and you know, it, it's, it's surprising that this special teams unit has been so bad without there being some sort of repercussions and they have not, and they've been bad over the course of the past year too. So um yeah, they're always excuses. The kicker thing is like, whatever, man. Kickers are set, like, there's like four good kickers in the league. That's it. Yeah. So it's like, and then every other team there's is gotta just be just more than through. that. Well, they've two of them have been on the Panthers before, but um, but, but so it's like that. Uh, somebody said on Twitter, I love this. Is they said the Panthers are streaming uh, kickers like my fantasy team. I thought that was like the most brilliant thing ever. Um, does it, are we the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Kicker wise, they couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we have the yips forever? Like they, I don't even know if they still have them. What did it take Tom Brady to get rid of them? They I drafted like a kicker at kicking, second. I feel like our kicking like woes aren't, aren't quite as prominent as theirs was, though. 
They they had some I bad. We have some bad juju. Kicking. We have a curse, and I'm calling it the butt curse. Um, oh, I like that. We, <laughs> we 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 cut them, and then that was the start of it all. Guys, what I got you, uh, a, I got five percent left on my laptop, so you can either cut me out to let me go grab my charger, or we can uh, you can ask me one more super important question. Which one? I'm glad to come back. It's your choice. All right, uh, I'm cutting out the video. You guys chat, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds so good. we are going to because like we have we need to ask about the Houston Texans a little bit. Davis yeah. Mills. What are actually? Let's game plan. He's away. We can talk amongst ourselves. Let's just talk amongst yourselves. I'm just, getting verklempt. As, he's, uh, he's got his. He's what have we not asked about? Um, well, I feel I mean, like we can't ask him about David Newton. You can't ever ask a reporter. Yeah, about you can. You can no, you can't. Listen, can't. You can't. can ask. It's not, him. it's not cool. Uh, we got to ask him about the Warren like the change the culture. How do we? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's oh. ask him. Keep pounding. Uh, also, chat room, if you have any suggestions uh, for questions you want to ask, drop them in the chat room. We'll throw them to them. What's the point of having a live chat room, you know, if we can't uh, get some chat room questions? Also, know, also ask him how to get Cody Lastney his uh, media pass. Yeah, yeah that's I, uh, I know this. This is what I wanted to ask is the vanilla training camp. He said that the Matt Rule mantra is about come to work, do mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and over nothing changes is that why the training camp was vanilla it feels like and is that why sam darnold feels comfortable all right go ahead cody we've been we've been talking amongst ourselves we huddled up we huddled up and we got a couple of good questions oh boy we think we have have a real good one for you we really want to get to the bottom of this keep pounding debacle uh, that has gone on around uh, the stadium and whether or not the fans should be prompted or unprompted. I, I always want to say unprompted with the British accent. I don't know why. But, but uh, yeah, there's been this debate about um, that was sparked. And I believe you were even a part of it. I saw you chime in on this on Twitter, too. Um, but uh, what does it do with this keep pounding chant? Why is David Tepper trying to change a tried and true formula is there any method to the madness that would actually get panther fans to start this chat on our own and i'll also posit this question to you that i've been asking to others as well david tepper is still being a fairly new owner i believe he's in his third or fourth year as the owner of the team is david or is uh is david tepper aware of all of the little things about this team that we do love and hold dear, you know, like keep pounding and the colors of the football team and all these other things. Um, well, I think, okay, so we'll start at the beginning. So the whole controversy came week one, they don't play, they, they pound the keep pounding drum. And then right before the, um, right before the, right before kickoff, basically as far back as I can remember, I mean, not as far back because I was I went to the games in Clemson um but like for the past five years five six years they play the keep pound they put the arrows on the screen keep and then pounding and the, the crowd chants along trying to get 70,000 people to chant keep pounding at the same time uh it's not easy because you end up um with just kind of a muddled mess especially before the game starts and they didn't do it in week one 
and there was some um, there was some reaction on Twitter from some uh, fans. I, I was uh, I, I didn't actually see that there that that didn't happen until somebody else brought it back. And um, to me, uh, and so the Roaring Riot is the um, is essentially the the voice. I mean, not the voice of the fan base by any means, but the reality is, is they have a they have a bigger pipeline. They, it's the fan know, perspective. When that's what when, we're trying to deliver, the fan perspective, and they yeah, and that's what you guys have given. When when the Roaring Riot tweets out, you know that that they want Key Pounding to stay. The reality is, is that there were two options, right? It was either a, a an oversight and they missed it before week one, or they were they intentionally didn't play it. Um, whether or not the idea is to just take that away before the game, or whether they were trying to phase out, keep pounding, whatever. Um, either way, uh, that's not okay. I don't think that's okay. I don't think any of the three of you guys think that's okay. I don't think anybody in the chat thinks it's okay. Um, whether you forgot it. Or whether you're trying to whether you're trying to move on from it, neither one of those is good. Um, both of them are actively bad. So what the Roaring Riot wanted to do is just bring that to the organization's attention and make sure that they knew how important that key pounding was to the fan base, just in case you know, with a new owner and some new people in the building that um, that and make sure that it was going to come back. And I think that was exactly what happened. This is what a supporter group should do is, you know, amplify the concerns of the fans um, to to the ownership. Um, you, you asked about this is why Twitter is so awesome. Yeah, this exactly. Is why Twitter is so awesome. It's however many retweets it got, uh, you know, 1500 retweets and, you know, people are responding to it. Uh, and pounding um, was trending on Twitter for a long time. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, Way to go, and, guys! Way I mean, go. and not only that, and I, I don't know whether this is um, whether these two are, things are related, but to me, what was the crowd on Sunday was the best crowd that they've had in there since 2017 in a walk. Um, 2018, 2019 was nothing compared to this crowd. Uh, Saints, they were um, they were engaged immediately right off the bat. They were causing false starts, timeouts before third downs. Like this is how a crowd should be. Um, and, and maybe felt like they were chanting, keep pounding constantly, um, to try and maybe show that, that it was, uh, that, that it's important. And they, um, the team said that they wanted to start organically to me. I feel like, you know, it's hard to get 70,000 people to do the same things at the same time. Also, they yeah. played J- this organization. I mean, this franchise, they put J E T S on the jets, jets, jets on the big screen in New York. They put, uh, when in green right. Bay, they play the like, that's why we go to the game. They do that. So you can't, all that stuff doesn't happen organically. So it's ridiculous to me. All of the things that they said, all the act, the entire debacle of it, was a was a misstep by them, and hopefully they can they can correct it going forward. Should we, be af- should we be afraid of how out of touch that seemingly makes them look? I mean, how that seems to be very simple. It, you would prompt your your war cry and keep pounding. Like that seems kind of simple to me, and to me, it's even kind of worrisome. If I'm being frank, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. I don't think either I don't think either scenario is a good one. I, I think um, that for them, I think for that exact reason, Josh, I think that that seems like it was a uh, a, a PR response that, you know, that, that I almost believe that it, you know, you kind of get this feeling that David Tepper wants to make this team his team. And, you know, and which is understandable, it is. But 
you know, it's sort of like when you get a new GM, they a lot of times clean house. They don't want the players they didn't bring in and in, in, in on the team, things like that. You almost wonder if that's a, a part of it because that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you said, every other organization, even the Chiefs, one of the most, uh, you know, loyal fan bases, one of the the most, you know, uh, I guess, energetic fan bases. They still have that on their main screen as well. So you're 100 percent right. I, I, I don't think that 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 explanation made much sense. It's much sense. It's- but yeah, I think I think it, it does feel like they're walking back the decision because it does feel like there was almost a conscious decision to get rid of it. Is Tepper as involved as we think he is? When I, you know, we we were all excited to have a an owner come in who was had a personality, right? Is that like is that it felt like uh, sure. there was a honeymoon period with David Definitely. Tepper where Definitely. where nothing could go wrong? Look, is my Twitter picture is me 35 pounds heavier beside and beside David Tepper. I don't even want to change it. I should put a skinny pickup now, but um, you know, we're all in love with the, just the kind of the freshness after, you know, um, but yeah, man, remember to, he put that logo at midfield. He did the like, yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. After the, like coming out of the, and it was just <laughs> like, Oh man, this guy's the best. This guy's going to, and yeah. he was like drinking, he came to the wrong right tailgate. He was drinking beers. And it's like, Oh, like this is, this is yeah, awesome. awesome. You, our best friend now owns the team. London. Like even yeah, when he went out yeah. to London, like he was just out there hanging out with the fans. I mean, that's something that I think we all were like, Oh, this is the guy. And I think we all kind of had a false. Well, I wouldn't say false. Cause there's still a building process going on, but you almost felt like, like this guy knows what he's doing. You're gonna, you you believe he knows that where he's leading this team, and like he's gonna take well, because us because he was a land. fan, he was a friend. But now, what we're and I don't know if we're reading too much into it. I don't think we are. Is that when he said he's the timebreaker between um, what was it, Rule and Fitter or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, he seems between very involved coach, in the daily yeah. operations. That's what I would say. He seems very present and very involved. Yeah, are we uh, reading that right? Um, I don't know if he's very. I mean, I, I think he's involved. Don't get me wrong. I think he. I think he. He runs a lot. I mean, obviously, he owns the team. I think he makes a lot of decisions. Maybe more decisions than maybe we think. Um, but I think that he is like. I think maybe he's like you know how when your boss like walks by you and is like, man, what's up with that painting? And then just like keeps walking. You're like, we got to get that painting out of there. Like you, you heard what he said, right? Like. Yeah. And so it's like if Tepper walks by and he's like, <laughs> he's like, man, that three, four really worked in Pittsburgh, huh? And then he just keeps on walking. And it's like, you're Ron Rivera. And you're like, well, like, I didn't have a very good season last like, year. Uh, we got to change over to this. <laughs> like, I That's guess how I kind of think of the keep pounding thing disappearing is like, I think of some 22 year old ad person in there getting them in a pitch about what, how we should freshen up the court, like whatever. And they're like, this is our new plan. And they're like, all right, let's run with it. And speaking of how is the mixed reality joint? in the stadium because it's gotten a lot of love among Panther fans uh just watching it from afar. And is it cool? Media. Is it as cool? I don't know, man. It's stadium? cool, I guess. Like I it's so it's so crazy. What do you think are, about it? People are texting and being like, is that Panther really in the stadium? Like is that Panther really oh, in the no. stadium? What's this no, Ghostbusters? <laughs> what, like, really said that? Like, oh can y'all see it? Like is it like what what are what what world are it's we living in? <laughs> it's on the board. It's on the video board, folks. Um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it, it's fine. It's cool. It's a it's a good idea. Like, I mean, the the Panthers, like, um, 
their their digital media staff is incredible. So um, anything that they put together, I think that was an outside company. But yeah, like the Ravens did it a couple of years ago. I, at, at when we put it on the big screen, when they put it on the big screen uh, week one, I was like, cool. Like they're like I just figured all the teams had done it at this point at some point, and I guess they were the second to do it. So what do you Cody? Do? I think we're the reason the eyes changed. The very first you, thing man. I said after the first time I saw it on this why are the eyes green? Is, why are the eyes green? Did why he eat the, the flag and his eyes turned and green? Did he very... eat the jets? And then the next week, it's blue. blue. It's Thank blue, you. man. I'm happy. Uh, Pan- Panthers. How'd they they miss that eye. one. They keep an eye on the podcasters. They keep an eye yeah. on Twitter. They, 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 uh, they. Ear to the ground. I hate yeah, that. I hate to. I hate to break that bubble a little bit but pat mcafee oh was also talking about it as well so did they mention the green eyes though yeah they mentioned the green eyes they're like hopefully they uh, can change that to blue purple whatever they want to do but like they, they definitely uh <laughs> he definitely brought the green eyes up do you uh get to watch monday night football and stuff like that josh yeah, Are you, uh, absolutely yeah. with i the- mean you like I mean, the Peyton joint? That's the I Peyton do. So I watched it. So I actually didn't realize it was on week one. So I didn't watch it. And then I'm like listening to a podcast the next day. Everybody's like, oh my God, did you hear Peyton and Eli? It was incredible. It's the best thing I've ever heard. And it's like, oh shit, I gotta watch that this week. So week one I, was I great. actually didn't even I didn't even change it over. I watched all of Peyton and Eli. Um it was good. Uh Gronk was terrible, but like they're I mean, those guys are so <laughs> smart that I feel like they're like teaching you like it, like I feel like the four of us like know the same amount as most announcers. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're, they're like, Hey, well like this, you know, here, let's talk about run fits. And it's like, all right, well, I understand run fits, but like when Peyton starts saying like, okay, well like here's the safety up here. And like when he starts coming down, you're going to see the the way that they run this option route. And it's like, man, that's the kind of stuff that I don't know. So it's like, it's, it's like, it's big, big nerdy, like football stuff. I thought it was awesome. Will Cam Newton be in the NFL anytime soon or ever again? Oh, boy. My favorite player outside of Julius Peppers. Like, they are my two favorite people in the world. If this, I defend uh, them to the ends of the earth. Maybe, maybe uh, can, I add a, can I add a caveat to that? If we destroy the Houston Texans, will Cam Newton have a home at the end of the week? Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, I think often, the- dude. I don't know, man. The the thing about Cam is like, uh, like he, the stuff that he said, like it, he made it harder on himself by putting that video out where he talks about how he's better than thirty two quarterbacks in the league, um, by by continuing to kind of build up his personality and like you you guys know, and there's this weird national narrative that Cam is like selfish and like isn't a good teammate and like all these ridiculous yeah. things that aren't true. Like all like like legitimately just aren't true. Like they're like somehow the national right. narrative is that Cam is yeah, not the a good opposite. teammate. They're not which, even not true. Yeah. They're the farthest thing from the truth. So it's like so so when he goes out and and kind of lives up to those uh those thoughts in a lot of people's minds, I think that doesn't help him. I also think like and I hate to be this guy, but like the news on Cam's shoulder is is out. Like I get it. I've seen all the Twitter all the all the Twitter threads on how good his arm looks and like it looks real good until he has to throw 40 times in a game and then the next week it doesn't look good. Um I mean it, it just it is what it is. That's like the last hard truth. It last year it wasn't truth. COVID that killed him. It's throwing fifty-six times against the Seahawks. He was never the same. 
And he was incredible in that Seahawks game. And then he was terrible for the rest of the season because his shoulder is not healthy. He's got an arthritis. He's got an arthritis in his shoulder. It wears down. It is what it is. The guy was in, was a unicorn. Was incredible. Was and is the best player in Carolina Panthers franchise history. Is the Carolina Panthers and. And it sucks that this is that this happened to him, that his career had to end the way that he was. It's a travesty what happened to him at the end of here in Carolina. Um, it's 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 it sucks, man. I know. Like, I just I, it's not the way that his story deserves one, to be to be ending. Right. I just wanted mm-hmm. to have one, and not it doesn't even have to be a playoff run. One run where he doesn't end hurt, and he doesn't end where people just are like a shell. That's a shell. Some place yeah. that can actually pass, protect, and give him a little time to yeah. throw the football would be nice. Right. I'd love to see Let's him come uh, in and play like two, like two games and have like a vintage cam game, and then just yes. be like, I'm out, done. Like George Costanza, <laughs> just walk away from the table, week eight. Like be like, yeah, you know what, Houston Texans, I retire. We're one and seven. I just threw for 350 yards and and stiff arm somebody into the dirt. Um, I'm out. <laughs> I'm moving back yeah. to Atlanta. Do you think we were too hard on Teddy Bridgewater? Yes, I do. Um, Tell us why. Sure. Um, wasn't Teddy Bridgewater's fault that he signed the same day that they released Cam, that they cut Cam Newton? Right. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't Cam, Teddy Bridgewater's fault that he had to follow the the most popular player in the franchise history, play the exact same position, and when he is a completely different player than than Cam Newton, obviously, and not as good of a player as Cam Newton. Um, it's not Teddy Bridgewater's fault that they uh, that they Put him overpaid in him for three years. They put exactly. him on a three-year deal. They should have given him a one-year deal. Great. Why, I mean, you would have you would have signed a three-year deal, right? Like it's more money. Sure, I would have done it. It's, I, not not it's not his fault. Not his fault that he did fault. that. Marty's. Um, That's Marty's fault. It's or also actually, not. I don't know. We don't know whose fault it is, but it's too many say years. Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I think it was more of them than it was Marty. Oh no, I, I think it was Marty. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was Marty. Um, Me too. I think I, so Marty, too. Marty wanted to save his own job, and you can't do that with Will Greer as the quarterback. And so, got to bring in somebody that you think can win now. And then, once you sign the guy, like, what else are you going to say if you're the coach? You're going to be like, "Well, I kind of liked him, but I didn't want him." You're like, "No, we wanted him, obviously." Um, I, I think he got put in an impossible position. They and they, he came in and he played like Teddy Bridgewater, and everybody killed him for it. He he came in expecting to play with Christian McCaffrey and Russell Okung. Those guys didn't play the entire season. He came in expecting to play with Joe Brady, this wonder kid offensive guru. Joe Brady couldn't put him in the end zone once they were inside the 20. You know, all he did, he, th- he threw three guys is to a thousand any, yards. Is there anything on Teddy, though? Yeah, like, of course. Is it, you know, like when better. it comes to that, like is... Of course. Is I'm not saying Teddy just, was... I'm not. I'm not saying Teddy was great. By any means. But Teddy Bridgewater was the same quarterback that Teddy Bridgewater is in Denver, and they love him. Same quarterback he was in New Orleans, and they loved him. Same quarterback in the Jets with the Tim- well, with, the, with the Timberwolves, with the Vikings. He did, he had, he had was ne- Whatever quarterback was came here after Cam was due to that was this was going to be this fate. And they just, they threw Teddy Bridge, they lobbed Teddy Bridgewater up, and the fan base knocked him out of the park. Like he had no chance. They could have gone sixteen and zero, and people would have been like, "Well, fuck that guy." That's well, I, I, I would probably, I, I would I say after about three weeks, like we were that. probably a little more high on on Teddy Bridgewater, even though it wasn't a great start. But I, I do get your point. Check My question, down Teddy, bro. Who Just check down Teddy? Who is responsible for 
Teddy Bridgewater being traded this offseason? Is it the fan base, Tepper, or our coaching staff actually believing that he wasn't the answer? Well, the first person that talked about how they needed a new quarterback was David Tepper. Uh, unprompted at at a at the um, at the firing of Marty Herney, they, he unpromptedly brought up whether that they needed a new quarterback, and it was just like, "What are you doing, man? Like you, okay, all right, cool." <laughs> um, and it's like ever, it was like, "Okay, well, Teddy's gone, like whatever." And, and for me, it's like I get it. <laughs> I, I just I I made the mistake of looking over the comment section because I know uh, talking positively about Teddy is not going to endear me to anybody, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't, I think he was put in a shitty situation. Um, and I think that ultimately, like, I don't think he played his way out of it, but like, I, I don't think he deserved to be the most hated man in Carolina for a year. There I'm are plenty to, of I'm Teddy stands to... out there for, don't, don't worry. There don't are. let the uh, chat. We've, we've brainwashed them in our own way. <laughs> and I think that even, even us on this podcast have come around to giving, and listen, I think we were fair about it before we were never big believers in Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. but we were always open to him changing our minds. Sure. And fair. frankly, and frankly, even though we have more belief in Sam Donald's physical upside, then we did Teddy. It's the same thing. We for still Sam. have trepidation. Like, He's got to yeah, prove we it. Did, at th- this quarterback position, the job has to be won, and it doesn't matter who it is. And we just feel like uh, there were many times where um, not only did uh, Teddy Bridgewater fail to close the game out when he had the ball in his hands and an opportunity to make some game-winning drives, but, Josh, we also feel like he shirked a lot of his leadership um, uh, opportunities here in Carolina. We always talk about that one play where he kind of threw the ball a little bit behind DJ Moore in mm-hmm. the end zone, and he landed on his knee really weird, and it looked like that could have been a bad injury. And then he wanted to say that, oh, well, it was DJ that ran the wrong route, and then he was trying to call and make checks at the line. And Oh, he it, talked it, about it, the plays coming in late. He it talked always about, if felt, Cam would have said this shit, they would have They would have crushed him. him. They would have murdered it, him. Yeah, yeah. Cam, it, it, Cam wouldn't it have always, done it either. Yeah, He would have fallen on the sword. It always felt like Teddy Bridgewater had someone else to put the blame on. I mean, even after he left the team with the whole red zone comment. So I also think that it, it's not just his play, but it's a lot of the actions made by Teddy Bridgewater that had – us and many of our fans in, in the chat room just like, nah, man, fuck this guy. And yeah, you're right yeah. too. You didn't want to like him. For, I know. I just will openly admit it. I like. I mean, I don't want to say I didn't want to like him. I just was. I was salty. You know how people and got about like the, that, the, the I like. Steve I understand. Smith and the Greg Olson. This was that to me. Like I the the Cam stuff. It was just so important. He was just so important to us, as uh, and he still is. Is Matt is Matt Rule? Is he going to be the real deal? Like we want him to be. Like I don't. I'm not. I'm like. Uh, I praise what this coaching staff has done. I said, look, they came in and COVID. All I want to see is the team last year that looks competent, that they don't look like they're in over their heads. And to be honest, I saw that from pretty much everybody when it came to the coaching staff. I mean, yes, were there miscues, were there errors, but it didn't look like there was like a, they were out of sorts. Like they didn't know where the hell they were at at times. 
They got better on defense. You know, we can look because everybody's told me Joe Brady is the wonder boy and I will wait for it to happen, but I'm not negative on it. I'm not down. Like, it's like, I've been pleased. Uh, Phil Snow's my favorite dude in the world. Yeah, man. Like, and we're all big. We're we're a big Phil Snow guy in this square right here. Like, big Phil Snow. And even last year, even last year, is that like, miss me with that. Oh, this three, three, five. We didn't have anybody. We're starting all these rookies. Like, it's like, God, God bless. The defense was better at the end of the year than it was at the beginning. So I'm happy with that. And now it's dominant. Is Matt Rule the real deal? I know that's um, a hard question. I mean, we yeah, want to be. We're rooting for it. It's a hard question. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I do like that he has a um, – that he has a – he has a brand and he sticks to it and he really does believe that making the team um, molding the team in his image uh, and like the brand is bigger than, than the players essentially for Matt. Do the players like that? Because it seems like they do. It's a great question. At this point, it's right there. I mean, they like it a lot more ish at this moment. They like it a lot more at two and O than they did at five and nine. I can tell you that. Um, So it's like the the this kind of attitude, this you know, be the same team, this one and oh, try to go out the nameless, faceless opponents who wear t-shirts to say the brand. It works well when you're winning, and it doesn't and it and it sounds corny and dumb when you're losing. So ultimately, Matt Rule has won at every single stop. He's done this, you know, he did it at Temple, he did it at Baylor. And so, you know, will it work here in the NFL? I don't I don't know. It it does seem like a very college type. Um, uh, approach it just to seems coaching. idealistic. It just seems very idealistic, and that's cool. Fair. And yeah. do you think that that lent to this? What I think was a very vanilla training camp. And I don't know. Like, is I'm used to. Like, I mean, um, all right. So the year that Cam came off the shoulder injury mm-hmm. and he got the first sh- surgery. This was twenty. When was that? I don't even remember if it was twenty seventeen. But it was like 18. every like we were hearing like we would get every snip. Look, it'd be the shepherd Russell Shepherd. He's the greatest thing. And we'd see these catches. All of this. It felt like we had a new quarterback. We had all this stuff going on. All these new players, and we didn't really even hear a lot of detail about the training camp. And I think that that's the ho-hum, go-to-work-every-day, very vanilla component. Did you see – did it feel – did this training camp not feel boring, but did it just feel very uh, mechanical? Um, It's interesting that you feel that way. Um, I think that it is – I think that would make Matt Rule really happy that that those guys just go out there and they're just practicing football for 90 minutes and then there's no no there's no other news. Um I think that part of that is, you know, the biggest personality guys on this team are no longer playing quarterback. So, you know, Sam Darnold gets you up can and only talk to the media. Robbie so much. Robbie or Dante Jackson or Brian Burns, right? Like those are the three guys that you know are going to be fun and like have some cool, like fun stuff to say. Burns is going to come up in his sunglasses and like Dante's going to talk awesome about how he's chain. Yeah. Like that chain. <sighs> yeah. Like that, that's Crazy. how you're, um, I also think, and I like, I don't want to spin this off too much, but, um, I, I think it's because of the state of, uh, where media is today. 
is why you didn't hear more, more about Carolina Panthers practice because like, you know, the, the, there, there's just not as much media covering the team um, when it's a, when it's not that popular. And also, you know, the, the observer can't pe- keep people um, because people don't want to pay up for that sports pass. The athletic is having problems because people don't want to pay for things. And like, it, it's just, it's not, it's not an easy game. And so uh, I, I think that may have something to do with it too. There were just weren't that many people down there covering the team. I mean, I, I was not down there every day by any means. Um, I had, a, uh, you know, at that point I had a six week old daughter. So I was, uh, I, I was missing out on some practices, but ultimately like, I, I think that has something to do with it too. Right. All right. Um, we got Houston tomorrow night. We'll go ahead and close this up. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? What does it mean for the Carolina Panthers? Week three, two and O. Oh. Is this a meaningful game? Matt Rule wants this to be again, and I like this. Is that that's what the guys are supposed to? Do. That's what their coaches are supposed to do. And I, I gave uh, Ron Rivera credit for this for a long time. Is at one point I wanted him to be this angry dude that would like slam the clipboard, like because we sucked in 2012 and 2012, and he wasn't. And he just, and Mick makes him be like in his arms folded over his ample chest. And we was like, um, but then I became, I came to appreciate it in the, some of the tougher times that we ran through where he really seemed to be a super stabilizing factor. Right. Um, I mean, hell we punted that saints game. We won in the pouring rain. This was, this might be 2013. We punted, with like uh, under two minutes or like at the mm-hmm. two minute and we're down. And it's just like uh, very similar to what Matt rule did this punt on, not very similar, but that stabilizing factor. And I felt like, uh, and Matt rule has been saying this is every week is just the next opponent. Does this game mean anything for the, um, what's the meaning prime time? The only prime time game. Is there any meaning or is it just week three against the Texans? Um, I think he would prefer that it's that it's uh, that it's just week three against the Texans. But ultimately, I mean, you play on TV like these guys know, like they, they lost their only national TV game last year. Actually, they were on TV twice, right? Because they got blown out by the Packers, too. Um, so it's like, I'm sorry, not blown out, but they, we're never they lost good the in prime time, dude. We're yeah. never good in prime time. Just like we're so never like, good in my favorite jerseys, the black on black. And not my blue favorite on white, ones, man. and we're never even blue on white. Blue is where on it's white. At. Yeah, it's clean. I, I don't. Don't get me wrong. Black on black, I love it. Get those black helmets on. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, not, Josh. When's that gonna happen, man? We did. We did. Will Bryan about it. He loves it. He loves to. He wants to hear about it. Panther stack guy. Um, he's the uniform guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Um, he. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they know, especially the younger guys on this team, like when you're a, like JC Horn wants to be incredible. JC Horn wants an, wants an interception. Robbie Anderson wants to be good on th- Thursday night. DJ Moore knows that one of his big problems is that nobody knows who the hell he is around the league. And he keeps he having 1200 yard seasons, but it's like, he knows, he knows that like, it's not, he's not right. He's not. They're dumb. hungry. Like, he, They're he hungry for it. recognition. Yeah, so he knows that they know that if they go out there and they have they blow out the Texans, they have eight sacks and Burns is returning a, a fumble for a touchdown and like they can really put themselves into like prime position to be uh, known. So um, it's gonna be 
it's going to be um, it, it's going to be fun. Like I, I think that I think that these guys are ready to play in prime time, where I don't think they were ready to do it last week last year. Um, so I'll, I'll be I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what Phil Snow draws up against a rookie quarterback. Um, I, I think it's going to be super fun. Uh, they're they're hell. I mean, they're as healthy as they're going to be. Um, except for, you know, YGM, but they're so deep at that defensive end position that, that they can almost afford to lose him. I, 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 yeah, I don't okay. really mean There's that. But like, Haynes in or somebody exactly. like that, or yeah. Uh, tremendous that we don't have more in, you know, is that, um, that's it. Uh, Cody, yeah. last question round the horn real quick for you two guys. Then we'll get out of here. So yeah, you had mentioned something, uh, uh, a minute ago that I wanted to go back to just because it, it, it stuck out and it's been on my mind too. You mentioned that, that the Panthers do a lot of college style things. And I've been hearing this a lot. And even Drew Brees said it on Sunday night football, you know, the Panthers have a really college style defense and I can't help, but feel like it's like a jab. It's like, oh yeah, the Panthers, it the is. Panthers and their college bullshit that they're doing. It, it, it's like it, it almost leads to this idea that, oh, uh, yeah, they're doing some cute college shit. But wait until they will catch up. But wait we'll until they film on it and then we're going to figure it out. And then we're going to show you why that shit stays in college and doesn't come to the NFL. Do you feel like there's any sense that this team is um, running like you know, are we doing something that's gimmicky? Are we doing something that's revolutionary? I mean, uh, Phil Snow is like, or do we just get after that fucking quarterback like but, crazy? But which Phil I think Snow, is what it is. But Phil Snow is motioning defensive tackles across the line like he would pull an offensive lineman. I mean, he's really doing some really cool, fun, innovative things. It is when people in the media say that the Panthers are running these college style schemes should panther fans take that as an insult or are we on the cutting edge of something i don't know i think it kind of depends on the tone that people use when they describe it as a college like to me yeah i mean they are kind of running a college defense but who cares i mean it's it's fun right like it's working right and like they sure. last year they were definitely doing with the three safety stuff that he was doing um was like straight like no, that just didn't happen in the pros. Um, but it was working. And and that's what I like about um Phil Snow is that he what he does is that he takes he takes he uh changes his scheme to based on who the guys are that are on the roster rather than like here's my scheme. I run a college style defense, here's what you guys have to run. He did that because they had they had enough safeties that they could run it. He does it because he has Jeremy Chin who can play that linebacker safety hybrid role. They run they do the um, he runs all these blitzes because they have Morgan Fox. They play all seven that can play anywhere from like out wide at the nine to like in, I mean, not like right up against the center. Like this guy is, this guy is incredibly versatile. That's why they brought these guys in. They also have a ton of talent on defense too. Like first round pick, yeah. Brian Byrne, first round pick, Derek Brown, first round pick, YGM, second round pick, Dante Jackson, second round pick, JC Horn, what first round pick, Jeremy Chin, first round pick, Shaq Thompson, first round pick. Like these are, they should be good on defense. Um, sorry, that was a, that was a, that was a, um, a tangent, but I think, I think it's like, to me, it's like Pete Carroll ran a college style offense and a college style program until they won the Super Bowl, And then he was running a pro style offense and a pro style, uh, team. So it's like, 
Matt Rule and Phil Snow and these things they will they will be thought of as college style until they're winners in the NFL and then they'll and then they'll just be the Matt Rule offense yeah. or the you know the Matt Rule style of running a team you know rather than that like Belichick idea of like this is what Belichick does like this is what Rule does whether it's going to work I don't know but like hopefully CK yeah. um. What do we need to do to get Cody a media pass? Hey. Oh, man, that's, that's above my pay grade, man. That's oh, above my pay grade. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. We, we were talking about getting that. I anyway. mean, they could. The the wheelchair. Come on. Like, yeah, dude. Hey, man. Hey, I'm, I'm good for, uh, for a feel-good story. Hey, man, look at the guy in the wheelchair asking good questions. But that's actually my end because you think I'm going to be like this sweet little kid asking questions. But I, I would ask some legit Fucking a, hey man, where, where, where is, why yeah. aren't you vaccinated, Sam Darnold? Where, where is Deontay Brown and why are you not playing him? Do you hate the Panthers? What the why did man? he go nine minutes into a press conference and not ask about the offensive line? That's what yeah. I would say. Is like every time is this is like first question. <laughs> how long till we gotta get a damn offensive line in Carolina? How many years? How many years? Bro, but like how many times can you ask that question? Like how many press conferences are going to be like, hey, are you concerned about the offensive line at all? Like, I mean. All of them. Maybe we need Roy and Riot to ask it yeah. then. No, Bro, that's the Roy and Riot will get 1,000, 2,000 retweets. Bro, you know how many and times have been David tweeted Tepper about their offensive will line? Go and bias one. It's weird, right? Like that, like it almost seems like they just ignored the offensive line this this um this uh, off season, which is this which decade. This decade no, I mean now, decade. like whatever. You can't judge based on Herney. Herney tried. He was just bad at it. Um, he was terrible, very man. bad. He staked wow. his staked his he staked his job on Greg Little. Yeah. I mean, he did, and then he and, and then, Will Will Greer didn't help at all. Either. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't trade up for Greer anyway. All right. Yeah. Man, poor David Man. Gettleman. Man, remember when we thought that David Gettleman was the was I thought after. Gettleman, remember? Gettleman. I had a president vote for Gettleman president sticker on Twitter. And like, it was just that when we got the Turner draft, like, and he just smoked it. And then after the 2015 year, when they regraded everybody, boy, he really seemed, man, how the wind changes in just a couple of years. Your GM looks really good when you go 15 and one. Like like yeah, the next yeah. off season, yeah, like yeah. you really like you're you're really you yeah. could do anything you want. You could be like, yeah, I'm gonna take this guard out of out of uh like East Tennessee State. And you're like, I never had heard of him, but like if Gettleman says it, like yeah, uh, the guy's really good. Coney Ely, Coney Ely was like one play of what, like a win away from being the Super Bowl MVP, and yeah. he's probably not even in the league anymore. My yeah. gosh! All right, yeah. um, look, is that we follow um. Uh, first of all, we every time we go to a game, we check out the Run Riot tailgate. We follow the Riot Report and your work. We listen to the press conferences. Your voice is recognizable. Your work is recognizable. Uh, and y'all's impact um, on this culture has been recognizable. How can um, we help you change the culture and help Run Riot continue to grow? And the Riot Report. Easy peasy. Easiest way to do it is to um, watch Carolina Panthers games with your friends. Um, go if you don't live in Charlotte, even if you do live in Charlotte, go to a bar, go to a restaurant. Um, Roaring Riot has great watch parties. Um, obviously for the home game, 
try and go to the game. I get it. It's not easy. It's expensive. Like if you can't like last last week, the get in price was like 30 bucks. Like that's I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's but like, good. I mean, for 30 bucks, like you get you. You could have been oh, there to the Roy and Riot tailgate. No, or to, the, to game? the game, to the game. Oh, that's not that much. That's oh, what I'm saying. Goodness. Like, I, I think it's going to be more expensive if they come back three and zero. But I'm saying like, true. Um, and and obviously, if you want to come out to the Roy and Riot tailgate, that's great. But go out to your own tailgate. Like the the idea of change the culture is not like make sure you come to Roy and Riot events. It's it's trying to be a better Carolina Panthers fan. And guys that are in this chat. You guys, like, we're this is not this is not the problem. It's the people that are, you know, that are like, well, you know what? I was going to go to the game, but then a Cowboys fan offered me a hundred bucks, so I'm not going to go because I'm going to because I'm going to sell my tickets to him because it's like, man, I can just watch it at home. And it's like that's not yeah. how you build a home. That's not how you build a home field advantage. That's not how you build a, yeah. a home team. That's not how you change. That's not how you change the culture because ultimately. The Carolina Panthers fans and Carolina Panthers, they don't have a ton of culture. That's why we reacted so strong. That's why I personally reacted so strong to the keep pounding thing because there's o- there's really only one thing that defines the Carolina Panthers in terms of fans and culture. And it's, and it's the two, and it's the words keep pounding. And it's, yeah. you know, to me, it's like that has to be a part of the Carolina Panthers. We need to build more traditions, not take traditions away. Yeah. And so that, that is something that you can, that we can all do by just, interacting and being being friends and watching Carolina Panthers games with your friends. Well, the yes, Roy and Chad Riot Morales, being, we will be down yeah. there. We will be down there yeah. December 31st. I hope that's New one Year's of the Eve. games you're going to. I uh, hope that New, New Orleans Year's, is New one Year's of Eve the in New one Orleans, you. right? I mean, who doesn't like that? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'll Isn't give you a great, baby a babysitter. To, no, I'll give you a great you example. Your wife. Just real quick. I'll give you a great example. The New Orleans, every year in New Orleans, the past three years, the Roaring Right goes down there. They have an awesome, an awesome, awesome tailgate, awesome tail- a party on Friday and Saturday night. Saturday night, they have a second line, a brass band lead the the Carol uh, these Carolina Panthers fans through the streets of the French Quarter. So it's like like you're walking or you're dancing through the streets of the French Quarter with like hundreds of other Panthers fans. Saints fans are like booing you from the balcony. The band starts playing when the Saints start m- go marching in, and you boo them down until they stop playing it. It's like it's that, that's the kind of stuff that <laughs> is like that's the kind Love of stuff it. that fucking rules, man. Like that's I got football. goosebumps just thinking about it. Like yeah. that that's more than that's that that's like family. That's a that's that's how you create yep. traditions and a culture and a fan base. So um, yeah, anytime that you can. Come out and hang out. Where can they find your work at? Yeah, you can uh, you can check out theriotreport.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. Um, and uh, you can find me in uh, Dallas next weekend. Um, just excited to be there, man. In the deep Elm district on Friday. Go to roaringriot.com to check out where we'll be. Um, you can become a member there. You can check out the tailgate. and Come on trips, man. Away games are going to be incredible they're fun we went to jacksonville one time it's great yeah the roy and riot does a whole thing like you have packages for these away games that you know it's all uh, set up for you you just go and have fun and then go to the game with like five like well at one point we went it was like 250 people that one year that we went i'm sure it's still like that yeah it's about 200 in dallas next week um yeah it's like like if your wife was a fan of the team you love more than you are and she super pre-planned a, uh, a weekend for you. So you get like the itinerary. You just get to show up and have a great time. 
I, I consider Zach my work wife, so that makes sense. That's uh... <laughs> tell him he is a great planner. Uh, look, you've been so generous with your time tonight, uh, Josh. Uh, I know you got a little one to watch after. Um, I hope we can catch up with you another time throughout the season. Awesome. Definitely, guys. My pleasure. Thank you all so much for having me. Uh, we'll see you uh, See you tomorrow night. Maybe uh, maybe I'll, I'll get hop in the chat for the postgame show. Depends yeah, on yeah. we'd love to hear it. If Darnold throws three interceptions, I'm in that chat. That's a promise to you. There you go. Don't <laughs> worry. If, if, if we Darnold win by 35, three, I'm going to be there. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right, man. We yeah, appreciate man. it. All right. That's Josh Klein, uh, the Riot Report, um, uh, the news uh, outlet for the Roaring Riot, the fan club. And uh, the thing that resonates so much with us is um, that we have the same mission. And the mission is this, is that this podcast isn't about us. It's about just growing um this panther fan culture together right as we are just fans here doing what we love to do and that is talk about this team incessantly to the point where we argue over who's gonna make the practice squad no reasonable people do that but that's (laughs) what we don't want you to be be unreasonable with us be a part of the c3 panthers podcast it's tuesday nights at nine Wednesday nights, sometimes eight, eight thirty nine, depending on the, how the guests line up. So it's we're gonna get these beat. We're gonna do the Wednesday beat report. We've got the Friday free for all. Mm-hmm. We've got the Madden simulations, which have been incredibly popular. And tomorrow night, guys, the Panthers head to Houston to blow them fools out of the water. I know people have been upset with my confidence. My, what do you call it? My, I don't know what it is. Is it like, uh, it's just super calm. Like, I just feel so good. I feel so good. And I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not trying to be crippled by fear in this moment. I am going to be pushed through with confidence, my friend. We're going to beat those motherfuckers down. So uh, tomorrow night, we got the show, 252-228-5098. Cody Lashney, how can they follow your work on Twitter, wherever you're at? Yeah, man, find me on Twitter, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. There is a brand new set of comments on drafttech.com, where I write for the Carolina Panthers. Um, You can check that out. And, uh, yeah, Tony Dunn, how about yesterday there was a show, Tonight we had an interview show. Tomorrow we're going to have the post-game show. Uh, and then the Friday free-for-all. So, man, you're getting C3 content all the rest of this week, man. We love all of our fans in the chat. And, yeah, man, we're trying to build Panther Nation. We're all just a bunch of diehard Carolina Panther fans uh, wanting to share this love that we have for the team and one another, man. That's why we do it. Um, shout out to everybody who joined us in the chat. Tony, that's all for me, man. I have one thing I got to show you real quick. Yeah, show me. From, uh, because of your ice up pick last night, um, which was Connor McGregor throwing uh, the ball right out at the Cubs game. Yep. Check this out. Oh, gosh. This is him. You hear this? Of Chicago! The 
You hear that? Yeah. I'm here with Mateo, here with Kira. We're going to sing the song. Let's go. One, two, three. Take me out to the ball game. Oh, Lord. Take me out with oh, the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back to oh, you. Oh, cringe. Because if they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Let's go, Chicago! Ah, so crazy. You can tell he doesn't know uh, the words. I, well, no one knows the words, but, I mean, people that actually are fans, but none of the guests that come in. But I was just when I heard it, I was like, what's worse? The throw or the song? The throw or the song. Uh, they were both pretty fucking bad. Oh, man. If you want to hear the best version of uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Seventh Inning Stretch, go check out Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> it is the most phenomenal thing you will ever hear. Um, all right, that's the show. Oh, it's like he's like, and and, you know, it's it's it's, isn't it? It's wrong to make fun. Uh, I love Ozzy. One of the best concerts I ever saw was Black Sabbath on the reunion tour, all the original members, and Ozzy was lucid, right? Like he was present, he was present. This was in 2000, it was amazing. I think 99, 2000, whatever, somewhere, but um, you know, you don't want to make fun of someone with Parkinson's. <laughs> you know is they've that, been trotting him out to make money for a long time homie i mean he, he felt like it was like he fell asleep he got some yeah i think so man i thought it was just years of doing a whole lot of cocaine i think it's both i think it's both yeah i'm sure it is yeah. all right uh that's the show um cody thanks for hanging out this long the yeah, chat man. room has been tremendous over 100 we had 120 people the whole time Y'all Panther fans are awesome. C3 Nation is legit, man. We uh, we keep on getting a whole bunch of people that have, uh, you know, that are joining us for the first time, and they're you know fans are loving the content. So if you guys like what we're doing, we're gonna keep doing it for you, man. Hit the like button. Take us out of here. Peace and love, Panther Nation. Keep Keep pounding. pounding. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.